So, do you want to know about my brilliant invention? I'm a, I'm a microwave baked beaner. Really? Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me have a crack at it. So you, you have you've, you've drilled a pig in hole in your pig in bonnet. Hello and welcome to a Warus line. My name's Tony. Let me introduce you to Ant. Bloody middle class mob. And to Matt. Well, I've got the fan on me, full on me fan. We're three friends who, on a regular basis, will introduce you to subjects that you'd never even thought about. In this episode, we'll talk to you about my brilliant invention for the lazy motorist, disingenuous animals, and things that give you the heebie-jeebies. A walrus line is now brought to you with a little help from our friends at Separatec Underwear. Underwear that keeps your intimate areas comfortably separated. A chair leg being scraped on a carpet. Really? Just sends an absolute shudder down my spine. On a carpet? Yeah, chair leg scraping on a carpet. Like a dining room any chair. any chair leg on any carpet. You don't is. distinguish. No, I'm not some I'm, I'm not, not prejudiced. Carpist. <laughs> yeah, carpist, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you so right, so what is it you is it the noise or the what? I, I don't understand. No, it doesn't make a noise. It just yeah, it does. Yeah, it, does. it just makes me shudder. Absolutely shudder. And, and the other one, and my wife's got a really bad habit of doing this. Let's say she's toweling herself down after a shower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shall I say it again? Let's say she's toweling herself down after a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Too much fun. Um, if, if, she, if she's then not in a position to hang her towel on the towel rail, but she wants to put a dressing gown on. She's not that sure. The towel in her teeth <sighs> while she puts <sighs> on. And just seeing that, yeah, it, enough to make me go, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm all over that with you, not your wife, but yeah. <laughs> or, oh, it's like somebody with a flannel in their fingernails or just having a flannel in your fingernails. <laughs> it's wet. It's just your. Yeah, I don't like flannels. The only thing that gets me, you know, this brings me back to being a child when, when my mum used to make mashed potato. We had these old metal saucers, which were their wedding present. They were like green, but with metal in the middle. And she used yeah. to use a fork and, and she used to whip it up in the, in the saucepan. And so you get that scraping of the metal on the inside of the saucepan. Oh, sickening. Yeah, that, that scrape of a fork across a plate when you're trying to get your peas on it. It's all right when you do it yourself. That's what I don't understand. But as soon as the kids do it, that's it. Oh, pick a window. You're going out, mate. I can't. <laughs> and, yeah, it's them noises, isn't it? Those, those, that, that, that sound of a screeching tire on a, on a carpet high street. Yeah. yeah. It's a, the, those, those, those noises. I'm, I am fascinated a bit about your your chairs on a carpet though because we just put them little felt pads underneath the the legs of our chairs or, or is it a foot of your chair what's the end of a leg well the end of your leg is a foot so the end of the chair leg is the end of the chair leg yeah so a little you know a little round felt yeah sticker. But 
Yeah, but you're talking like a dining chair in a dining room that's got a carpeted floor. You wouldn't put one of those little felt pads under each one. Wouldn't you? (laughs) Defeats the object. Something else that gives me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. And apparently, apparently it's quite unusual because I've been ridiculed by many people for it. I have a problem with a single baked bean. What? Yeah, so if there's like one baked bean left on the plate, yeah, I don't like it. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. Why? I don't know. I can't tell you why. It just does. But when, how often do you get in this situation? Well, you can't you just eat it? Well, I don't know. I, I, I manage. Or, 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 or I flick the bean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I manage the situation well. I'm so aware of how much heebie-jeebie it gives me. When I'm getting towards, like, let's say you're having baked beans on toast, that'd be a pretty standard meal to have baked beans with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So when it's getting down to the last few baked beans, I ensure that there's not so many baked beans that it risks a single one falling off on its own, but enough baked beans that, that they can be like a collection of baked beans on the fork with no risk of anything falling off and it mm. being a single baked bean left on the plate. Really makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? That's mental. I mean, everyone has their own little foibles, didn't they? I personally hate washing anything... I love baked beans. I'll eat baked beans till the cows come home. But I hate washing anything up that's been in or around baked beans. Really? I don't, I don't know why. It just sickens me because you get this kind of, um, I'm, a, I'm a microwave baked beaner in my little microwave <laughs> pot. And you know when I you think wash... you just said my favourite words that I didn't realise were my favourites. <laughs> yeah. What was it? A microwave baked beaner? Yeah, something like that, yeah. But you know when you wash up my little uh, microwave saucepan, I hate it. I've seen, think about the bean juice mixed with the kind of warm soapy water and the oh. oh, and that brackish sort of oh water you get out of it. I hate it. How funny! Hmm. My big thing is, and I've had it for years. And when people know it, they tend to play on it and and abuse it. And it's my hatred of anything with glitter on it <laughs> like that sprinkly glitter you used to get in test tubes when you were a kid in the art class and it stems from both know that my mum used to work in a card shop on the council estate that we grew up on she used to own a card shop on the council well, she estate did but i don't like to brag <laughs> yeah because you, you come from such a aristocratic beginnings like i do you know exactly. capitalists yeah and um one year, I, I was probably in my late teens, maybe early 20s, uh, so very self-aware, well, not self-aware, but self-conscious of everything that was going on around me. And the estate we grew up on wasn't pretty. It wasn't particularly nice. It, it had elements of horribleness. Um, but it was it was all right. It was the 80s, so everything was yeah. sunny. And, and We didn't bloody know any better, did we? No, we bloody didn't, did we? Mm. And um, so one year... I offered to help my mum out up at the shop, pricing up all the cards. They didn't have one of them guns with the clack, clack, chink, clack, clack, chink, clack, the, the red price label guns. With the yellow stickers? Yeah, the yellow stickers. No, they, they, they were old school. Every single card, and I'm talking about thousands of the bloody things, they'd write on her and the other people. Reenie. Reenie, yeah, and Ilda. Yeah, two of the most old lady names you can imagine. Yeah, Ruby. Ruby, Reenie and Hilda, yeah. yeah. They're still going. Oh, bless and, them, lovely. Yeah, 
And but every single card they'd write on in pencil in the back, like how much it was 69p, 70p, £1.50 in pencil. So you take it to the counter, you'd get your cards, you'd go to the counter, pay pay Sue and get your cards, and they'd get all of them had rubbers, they'd rub it out and put it in a little paper bag for you. Off you went. Um, so one year I just I was after just a bit of extra money, so I said, Yeah, I'll, I'll come up and help you, you know, prepare for Christmas. And I spent the afternoon, it must have been five, maybe six hours, just going through all these Christmas cards. There must have been hundreds, just writing the, the prices on the back of them and that got me £7.50 or whatever it was I got paid for that session and got on the bus home through the estate because it was quite a big estate and got really strange looks on the bus and I, I thought you know I'm 17, 18, maybe 20 thinking I'm I'm alright bit of a bit of a jack and a lad although I've never have been and got indoors looked in the mirror opened the front door and there was a mirror at the bottom of the stairs looked at myself covered in fucking glitter from head to toe my face my hands everything and it was the 80s so I probably had a big flowery shirt on as well um and from that point onwards and you can't get it off you can't just wash it I was probably going up the social club that night to have a couple of light and lagers with my friends and you just can't wash that crap off it's everywhere and for days you're often like oh you just get a little corner of your eye you'll get a little glitter you'll get a little there's a little bit there and the amount of cards i get from people that would never consider buying a glittery birthday card or a christmas card that i get even things that explode glitter into the air when you open them i was in a business meeting i was hosting some suppliers um and a couple of other departments so there's maybe eight of us and uh, i'm just about to introduce the, the you know the, the whole thing and the agenda and everything and I and I did that thing where I've just glanced down and seen some glitter on the back of my hand, um, and so I'm I'm just trying to kind of subtly just rub it off. No, you can't. And um, and that's not working. And this um, this supplier who was quite quite kind of um, not stiff upper lip but quite straight laced. Um, oh dear. Um, he 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 looked across the table. He he looked at, looked up at me and he said them. Um, Daughter, <laughs> I said, I said, yep. And then about three or four other people around around the around the table, all just knowingly saying, <laughs> just nodding. Um, a few years ago, I was. It was must be quite a few years ago. It was, it was a really snowy time in the country, and um, I got a real severe case of chapped lips. It was really painful, and I was working. At, I think I was quite new at my job, so at lunchtime I nipped down to to a super drug to buy a chapstick nice like just chose a chapstick and uh then i got back to my oh, desk no. afterwards and i just um and i just applied the chapstick started to feel a bit better already and a bloke come talk to me said you you've been eating like tomato soup or something I said, no, no after i put a chapstick or maybe you say you can see didn't really think that much of it right but then when i went to the toilet i looked in the mirror i looked like widow twang <laughs> 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 And, and, and another similar time, I was um, I went to see a, a, a play at the theatre. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, darling. At, at the uh, NFT, it wasn't and, the warehouse uh, then. No, and um, so I was about, we had some friends up there. And we went to see this play. It's a really nice pub by the river. The name escapes me, but it's got like four four stories. It's a beautiful little pub near in between London Bridge near the NFT. So I was there with some friends, and now 
and I don't drink. And I thought, and I had a, a glass of tomato juice, right? Nice. And, um, very refreshing. And um, we all lived in different parts of London. So uh, I, I braved the night bus, which stops on Waterloo Bridge, right? Now, let me touch with it. It's been years since I've had to get a night bus. But <laughs> if you've got night buses for, they're flipping bedlam, aren't they? You know, yes. night buses sort of thing. And um, Waterloo to Croydon's pretty much the whole route. And it must take at least an at least an hour to get there. I, I'd have said probably more, but yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, drunks get on and off and that, and everyone talks to each other. And I was um, talking to the talk to these people sitting next to me about where we'd been and all that sort of thing. Then again, when I got off and then when I um, got indoors, I went in the bathroom. I noticed that I'd just tomato juice rolling around <laughs> my lips. Kind of thing, you know? But I suppose hey, 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 anywhere looking like a nutter is going to be camouflage is on the night bus. I was going to say, it probably got you away with a, a severe or, or a horrible incident. So, do you want to know about my brilliant invention? Go on then. Yes. So, you may recall um, some weeks ago, I told you about when I wrote to the Jeff show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Jeff Lloyd on Absolute. Virgin Absolute. Uh, but he um, he used to have um, some topics that people would write in about, and I had a brilliant invention, and I and I wrote to the Jeff Show, and he did actually read my invention out on air, which was quite fun. Um, but that was about fourteen, fifteen years ago, and um, and that invention, whilst brilliant, um, has only been a concept until now. So um, what is it? What is it? So um, so essentially. I don't know if um, so. You're you're a motorist, Ant. Yes. Um, and uh, I guess uh, men, many other motorists will be both motorists and lazy, like I am. Yes. Is and, it a chair for a car? And one of the um, <laughs> one of the things that happens to the lazy motorist is that the lazy motorist might forget to, or in fact can't be asked to, fill up the screen wash bottle. Mm. reservoir yes uh, and that's that's a real problem and, and matt you know perhaps not as a motorist but maybe a passenger in a motor vehicle you may have experienced this same thing mm-hmm. where it's a hot day and you've got one of those bugs that splats itself right in the middle of the windscreen and you've got insect debris so so what do you need to do um stop a uh, uh, happy eater for a brown derby and then clean it off ideally um well, no, what you do is you press the button, which squirts the windscreen. But right. in the lazy motorist screen wash reservoir, there is no fluid. So what happens to the bug's remains? I assume it stays there. Well, it does more than that. For, for everybody that doesn't know, Matt, he's, he's not a motorist. I know, I know. I did have a car, to remember. You did? And what happened to it? It became a shed, like a I know it did, with fishing rods and stuff. And, and I've even given you lessons in the past. Yeah. We'll save uh, that for another day. So what happens when you... But, but And also, I grew my own species of moss in the window frame <laughs> as well. <laughs> but when you windscreen wipe a bug on the windscreen without any water or cleaning stuff, it goes smear, 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 mm. smear. You do, well, in fact, what you get is you get a perfect arc of bug remain across your windscreen and your windscreen's even less easy to see through than it was before. So 
the lazy motorist then finds himself in an interesting position, which is, um, you know, whilst the Brown Derby at the Happy Eater may be a um, um, a welcoming a welcome snack uh, for you, Matt, the lazy motorist hasn't got time to dilly dally around with that kind of thing. So what the lazy motorist does is he prays for a rain shower. He prays for a rain shower that's going to get the windscreen just wet enough so that he can use his windscreen wipers and clean the windscreen without having to stop and fill up um, the screen wash bottle. Um, but I've solved this problem, and I've solved really? the problem with a uh, an invention which I had 14, 15 years ago, but I put into practice today. Really? Really. Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Let me have a crack at it. I reckon you've got a stash of... I reckon it's something to do with all the corona, all the the cleanliness we're going through at the moment. You've put like a baby wipe or a wet wipe on your windscreen wiper, lent out the window, Blues Brothers style, and done it that way. I like your first guess, Anthony. You said these said something for the lazy motor. You said chairs inside the car now. Yeah, yeah. Because at the moment, when I'm driving, I run alongside and steer through the window. That's why you uh, haven't passed your test yet. No, no, well, yeah, all right, <laughs> fine, but yeah, but it's my way, and I and I like to drive like that. But anyway, sorry, Tone, go on. So, so the way this um, invention works, um, and I think I want to call it the autofill screen washer-matic. Uh, before we go any further, do you not want to copyright or patent this idea before we uh, podcast it to the world? Um. To our listener, Keith, I think I think the problem with that is it would be too easy for any manufacturer to make a slight modification to the design um, and give it a slightly different name and use slightly different parts, and it would be, I think, almost impossible to secure the patent. Oh. Um, and two other reasons: one is I don't have the financial might to take on one of the major manufacturers, um, and the other point is I can't be asked. Well, then, for the sake of the podcast, say, look, you could have the idea, run with it, but you've got to call it the auto screen fill. The, <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. The auto screen fill washer-matic. I like it. 2000. 2000. God, yeah. It makes it sound more futuristic if you put it. does, it doesn't it? Yeah. So the, so the way in which this works is what you do is you get yourself um, something that is not unlike an ordinary funnel. Um, in, in fact, it's so not unlike an ordinary funnel that you might be forgiven for thinking that it is an ordinary right. funnel. Okay. Um, you drill a hole in the bonnet, <gasps> and you fit, right. you fit the not unlike an ordinary funnel into the hole with the help of a rubber bung, um, and that sits over the screen wash bottle. Hang so, on, how big's the hole you're drilling? Like the lip of the size of a funnel? Or the spouty bit. Yeah, he's right. Are you are you doing it right up to the lip? Are you doing like a four-inch core drill, or are you doing like a 20-mil for the skinny bit of a funnel? Uh, I, I used a 32-mil core drill. That really confuses everything. So you're going for the skinny bit? Yeah. The bit of a funnel, poke, the funnel pokes out, like some yeah. kind of a bonnet ornament. Oh. Exactly. So every time it rains... The not unlike an ordinary funnel collects rainwater, um, eco-friendly, completely pure rainwater, runs into the screen wash bottle. Sunny day, 
Bug hits the windscreen, press the button, and clean the windscreen. I nearly swore then. Love it. Would you so, like to would you like to see it? Hang on a minute, I've got a couple of questions first. So whose car did you do it to to start with, yours or Julie's? Mine. And yours? Yeah. Well, you've actually drilled a hole. I'll show you. Go on, let's see. Oh, oh God, what's he done? It's genius. You said you had a couple of questions. Well, yeah, I forgot what the second one was now, because I'm flabbergasted. Is your ghast flabbered? It has been. So? I love it. So, but would you, you know, what if the, the bug went down the funnel? <laughs> then you're I, funneled. Mm, I, I haven't planned for that, if I'm entirely honest. You need well, to. What if, um, need children, a what if children put a... Uh, Whiz bangs down your funnel. Ooh. No, mm. the uh, devil bangers. Andy, what am I thinking of those little puns? Fun snaps. Fun snaps, yeah. <laughs> so, are you, are you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <gasps> so you have, you've, you've drilled a pigging hole in your pigging bonnet. He has. He's only gone and done it. No, hang on a minute. It's all right. So we can see... What, six pictures in a kind of Haynes manual how you do it affair and, and we can post this on the Facebook page yeah so. I don't really need to describe it basically and uh, Tony's drilled a big hole through his £80,000 bonnet <laughs> and nice. stuck a funnel in it with a bung it's okay Tone it's genius but you've um, yeah you've you've really bought into the idea mate <laughs> So now you've got a funnel. Is oh, so you've got a funnel <laughs> sticking out the <laughs> bonnet of your your eighty thousand pound car. Is it, have you? Um, I hope you've glued it or something because that's just going to blow out the minute you get off your drive. Yeah, no, I think you, the friction of the bung should hold it. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wish I'd been there, mate, because I'll tell you what, rather than just marking the bonnet with a cross, I don't know how you've got away with it. I'd have put a bit of tape over it first <laughs> as well so you didn't chip all the paint away, but oh, my well, God. Well, what happens if your reservoir's full Ooh. then you've got a full funnel splashing water all over the wife's new hairdo? <laughs> Why would she be sticking her head out the window to start with? Well... In the rain... Yeah, well, you've driven with Tony before. It's better to drive with your head out the window like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, that's amazing. Um, that's uh, that's amazing, mate. I, 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 I doff my cap to your... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's commitment to an idea, mate. I can't deny it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good and for you. you. Does it work is the next question. It hasn't rained yet. If I say he's feared it during a heat wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What happens during a heat wave? You'd have to go. And, I suppose it'd be easier because you could just pour your Evian straight in your funnel. He's <laughs> Perrier. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but what I mean is you don't have to fanny about opening the bonnet. Oh, all those. I do like it. But I think it can be improved, Tone. Okay. I'm thinking a full-on gutter pipework on the roof of your of your was it sixty thousand pound car? Yeah, <laughs> um, not even a tenth of that. <laughs> so, right. So imagine on the roof. Imagine like, like I'm thinking like an eaves roof on your car. Right. It's a new design. 
like a, a pitched roof. Yeah. And, and it's got, yeah, so it's not been, it's, it's a new design, right? Yeah. And it has gutter work all around the edge, which is slightly um, angled. So it goes all the way around the edge of the uh, roof of the car. Yeah. A thin little gutter. Then it goes under the bonnet and straight into the thing. It's genius. Yeah. So you collect it from your, uh, maybe a slated roof on your car. I think. It's, I think it's bloody genius. Yeah. Although, right, again, we've established I'm, um, I've only had one car once and the, and the passenger door didn't even work. I gave it away and it's probably a good idea because, <laughs> like, where it, if you had, like, a light, a light uh, splattering of rain, you'd get a massive puddle in the driver's side footwell. Yeah. Then um, if you went over a bump, the window on the driver's side used to fall down inside <laughs> the door frame. <laughs> then the... Uh, passenger door wouldn't open anymore so the passenger had to get in through the driver's side and that you know do you, so, remember, my, do you remember my mini do you remember, yeah i love the, the mini 25 i love the mini 25 do you remember when we had five blokes and a lesbian in it coming home yeah, i do remember from the uh, <laughs> from the from the uh, all sorts of noise and i had an awooga horn on it as well yeah, that. Yeah, tell Tony about your tell him about your horn if you pardon I, I, me i think tony's expressing my horn to be honest have you? Have you ever? Have you been a party to Anthony's horn? I, I, I was, yeah. So when I first met Ant, um, Ant's car was the said Mini. Yeah, it was brilliant. He used to amuse me um, because he, he didn't get out of it; he unfolded out. Of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember yeah. that? Um, do you remember that garage? We, I think, I came for you to get it fixed. Yeah, that was New York Mum's old house. Yeah. Do you remember what it was called? Because the name always was a strange. It was tone. It was down, wasn't it? Down Anthony Road. Yeah, but the name of the actual garage. Remember, what it was oh, called. Because I could, if I had names, so I had nothing to do with it. But I always remember it. It was called BL Transverse. That's right. What straight was Transverse a name, or is it just a made-up word or something? Tony is Transverse a word. Yes. Um, what does it mean? In motoring terms, um, Transverse refers to the orientation of your engine. Ah. Oh. So, um, so the the engine has a crankshaft at the bottom. You do. And <laughs> <laughs> if um, if you had a say a rear wheel drive car, the yeah. crankshaft would point down towards the back of the car from the front. Right. If you had a front wheel drive car, typically you'd have the engine oriented the other way, ninety degrees. So the crankshaft would point left to right across the car, or right, right. to left. Um, and then it would drive the front wheels. Uh, so transverse refers to the orientation of your engine. Thanks for that fact, but um, isn't motoring the most boring subject known to man? Well, you know, I told you when I fell over the other day. <laughs> yeah. There's probably someone after that, that happened to someone where it was like a round, long, tubular stick. and so really, <laughs> What, in the shape of a wheel? No, in the shape of a wheel, of a rolling pin. Oh, sorry. Right. And uh, as I stood on it, it rolled to the side and I was on the arse. <laughs> but I bet you that probably happened to someone. Someone thought, hang on, there's probably some mischief to be had with this, you know. So did they invent it or did they discover it? They discovered it, didn't they? Well, I think, I think they used to use logs, didn't they? Must have been. To roll things on, which is pretty much a wheel in a way, isn't it? That was your standard Stonehenge delivery mechanism. Exactly. Yeah, but it would have happened before Stonehenge. You, you're going back to 
to the Netherlands age, right when we were monkeys. <laughs> the Hollands? <laughs> no, when we were before we were people. Yeah, I think he means the Dutch age. <laughs> That's it, the Dutch age, when yeah. we were still home, not Homo erectus yet. And they, they must have, they, they wouldn't have been waiting to build pyramids. But do animals use tools? And some, yes, some, they do. Yes. Do you know what the most intelligent animals for tools are? People. Crows. No. They monkey. are. No, they it's are. got to be a monkey. No, I'm telling you. I've seen monkey poking sticks in anthill holes and licking the ants off. You ain't seen nothing, right? But the crows and them sort of... What Tony, you're you're the as I say, you're the brains of it, but they're called corvids or something, can they? Corvids, that's exactly what they're called. Yeah. Not COVIDs, yeah. corvids. Corvid. They they use sticks to like um they set them tasks or they put something like in the middle of a bottom of a test tube and they use a stick to get it out and stuff. And also what they do, they uh take their nuts and uh they throw them in the road and let the cars run over them and then they go and get their nuts. It's interesting you should say that because I I watched a program today that was quite interesting and you often learn facts from this program. What's and one called? of them was asked about the distance a crow flies. Mm-hmm. And apparently, if I remember correctly, if a crow wanted to get from London to Manchester and they've actually mapped this out, putting a GPS on a crow, it will follow the main motorways until it gets there rather than just in a straight line like everybody believes. Really? Well, according to this quite interesting programme I watched, yeah. But how do they know the make the crow go to Manchester? Well they well they told it. They just that was it that was it's brief. They just they said they just got a bird that went north, but it went north following the motorways. And the big main roads. I learned an interesting animal fact the other day, or a factoid, if you will. Ooh. Monkeys can tell lies. Really? Hmm. Yeah, so the, the way in which this manifests itself is um, monkeys have got a, a noise. I don't do monkey noises. I don't oh, know, you, just... you can have a go, I'm sure. Well, the, the, the only monkey noise I can make is the one where you have to stick your hands in your armpits and go, ooh. Um, oh. So I'm going to do that one. But there is, um, <laughs> I'll come back to that in a moment. Um, yes, please. There is, uh, there is a noise that a monkey can make, which tells its fellow monkeys that there's a lion um, or some dangerous it's Telling thing. lies? The monkey's lying already? No. So the monkey says to his fellow monkey, look, there's a lion over there. And so the fellow monkey is scared about this lion being over there. And by telling this lie to his fellow monkey and scaring his fellow monkey, his fellow monkey drops the banana that he's eating. No. And he nicks his banana. No. Yep, totally. No. Monkeys right. don't lie. They're horrible. Well, actually, well, actually, I've got a better... See what, Matt, you tell your story and let Ant be the judge of whether... Yeah, of, of what is the best monkey lying story, right? There I've got was a giraffe a, in the lion story. Right, there was, um, there was a monkey, I think it was an ape, who was... Uh, they'd was living in captivity and they were like they do with like that uh chimp gnomeski animal they try and teach them occasionally someone tries to teach an animal sign language a monkey right they do uh, though monkeys don't they they do sign like, i've seen rampage they do sign language 
So um, they taught this monkey basic sign language, and this monkey kind of basically had its own room in this kind of in the zoo. And um, and as an experiment, they gave the monkey a kitten to look after. The monkey, the female monkey, took to the or the ape, sorry, took to the kitten quite well, and it's like her pet, and um, cared for it and all that. And then one day, in a rage, the the, the, the ape pulled the sink off the wall in its room, right? And then they came back and they asked the ape, what happened? Like, why did you, like, what happened with the sink? And it pointed at the kitten and said, kitten did it. <laughs> so that's true. So that's a monkey telling fair face lies, I would say. <laughs> this is a tough one to call. Go on, Tony, if you want to try and embellish your story to... No, I was going to go off on a slight tangent, but feel free to mock the... Uh... <laughs> well, I, I like... I think your story as Bones, Tony, because it sounds like the kind of thing you'd see on a BBC documentary. But I'm sorry, but uh, an ape blaming a kitten for pulling the sink off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a... That's the one for me. <laughs> So have you ever noticed when people do impressions of animals, like if you say to somebody, what noise does a dog make, for example, they would say, woof. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and if you said to somebody, what noise does a cat make, uh, they would say meow. But if you ever say to anybody, what noise does an elephant make, they not only do the harumph noise, but feel compelled to do the arm at the same time. And yeah. go, True. Oh, come on, Matt, join in. <laughs> do you know elephants? I've heard you know, of them. Tell me some facts you know about elephants. Okay. Uh, Indian elephants have little ears and African elephants have big ears. Right. A woman's stiletto heel produces yeah. more pounds per square inch of pressure than an elephant's foot. No. Elephants can't jump, right? Elephants, <laughs> elephants never forget. There, right? That fact there has oh. got a very strong basis in truth, right? You know, in the where's like the elephant's natural habitat? I think it's per, is it pearly. It's a natural habitat. Streatham, Pe- Peckham, Streatham. Oh, Streatham. So of course, Streatham. But when they're in their natural habitat and not in a zoo, they roam over hundreds and hundreds of miles, right? And they um they and they go in their little uh, gangs. Anthony, what are they called a gang of elephants? Uh, a bunch. Right. So when they're in their bunches and they kind of cruise about, and they got like they know their roots and they know where their watering holes are and stuff like that. Yeah. But sometimes at watering holes, they would encounter another bunch of elephants, right? Yeah. And one of the elephants, say uh, Steve, <laughs> might just go um to the head elephant, to the alpha elephant. Yeah. Bill. Bill. Go look, Bill. I think I might go 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 for these lads for a little while. Oh, really? Mean? Yeah, and they sometimes go. Yeah, all right, cheerio, have fun, have fun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah, and they and they, and they go off with another bunch just because they sometimes they fancy mixing it up. And then sometimes it takes literally years or even decades for the bunches to sort of bump into each other again. I can understand that. And when when uh, Steve bumps into his old bunch, you'll see Bill go, Bill, Bill, how you doing, mate? But oh, I haven't seen you for ages, and they genuinely are very pleased to see each other. You've been listening to A Walrus Line. 
and thank you very much. Thank you to Ant. Tony, that's amazing. And thank you to Matt. Fair enough, yeah. And also, thank you to Ian Valander Graphic Design for his help with our logo. You can find Ian at ianv.co.uk. If you've got any comments or things that you'd like us to discuss, then you can contact us at Facebook, A Walrus Line, or Twitter, at A Walrus Line. And also, don't forget to enter our competition to win an IKEA Takan by posting to our Facebook page, I really need a Takan in my life because. So, if you've enjoyed it, please do tell your friends. If you haven't, why are you still listening? Thank you.